We're the Nada Grande Boys. I'm Rodney Wood. And I'm Kyle Jackson. Welcome to the Nada Grande Outdoors podcast where we hunt it forward. Yeah, let's let's not talk about work anymore. Yeah. Well, we're going to kind of talk about a kind, kind of work. I mean, well, Brian does the work that we're going to talk about. But not work work. That's right. Not work it's work. True. It's true. <laughs> not work work. It's not like, like our... We can talk about his day job, but let's not talk about our day jobs. <laughs> no. No, let's not. Someday I'm going to be as cool as Palmer. <laughs> um, I guess I'm bringing us in. Yeah, it's your job. As, right? as per usual. Um, <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I think out of the last, like, Ten podcasts. You maybe brought us in once or twice. I don't think that's true at I all. I think it's totally true. <laughs> I, 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 I don't buy it. You don't have to buy it. <laughs> Dude, I can go listen to them. We'll count. Okay. We'll count. We'll, <laughs> we'll count. On the next podcast, we'll bring you an update. Actually, on the next podcast, the yeah. person bringing us in is the person that has not brought us in the most. Okay. It's going to be you. <laughs> <laughs> Over the last ten, right? Over the last ten. All right. Yeah. So... Uh, welcome everybody, everybody to Not a Grande Outdoors podcast. Um, we are getting back into the swing of it. <laughs> yeah, right. Not skipping weeks. Uh, Dave was com- Dave was complaining, so we're, we brought him on. Right. It's we're already two days late. Well, we are, but to be fair, to be, to be fair, fair <laughs> um, the last couple have gone out on the weekend, so we're ahead of schedule. Yeah, compared to. What we've done in the last so many. Yeah, Dave's shaking his head. No. As a listener, I think I have to go with Dave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, you we're, guys are I'm sucking it up. Getting back into the swing of it, all right? Yeah. We, we, we've, we've talked about this probably the past three or four podcasts. We're gonna, they're going to be so tired of I hearing know. this. Yeah, they're tired of... I don't want to hear about how tired you are. We want to hear more podcasts. <laughs> well, let's just say I drove to, to Montana, and I ran out of Not a Granny podcast by like... Colorado Springs. So. <laughs> Damn it. That sucks because that's guess not we'll that have, far. guess we'll have to make another, another trip uh, so that you have more to listen to. Right. Um, we are joined by Dr. Dirty Dave, Dave Stambaugh. Dirty Dr. Arkansas, Captain Meatloaf, Frutabaugh. <laughs> All of them. He's got like that's a great handle. Names, <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. I don't even think you can call it a handle, dude. That's like a. <laughs> what would you call it? It's got to be a step above a hand. <laughs> I can't fit it on license plate, so it's, it's going to be like the uh, I don't even remember which which uh, Olympics it was. There was that swimmer from the Netherlands, is Van der Hugenbon. His name took up the entire entire pool. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they do, the lanes, you know, the names in the lanes. <laughs> <laughs> Your mind is weird. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're also joined by, uh, I just know him as Palmer. Uh, Brian, Brian Palmer. Palmer. Brian that's Palmer. what I was sitting yeah. here. That was what so, I was doing, was, was talking yeah. talking all of the nonsense at the beginning, trying to remember, what the hell is his first name? <laughs> is, does he I've have a first name? I've always known him as Palmer <laughs> His as well. handle is Palmer. Yeah. Palmer. <laughs> Brian, Brian. His first name's also Palmer. Yes, Palmer Palmer. Palmer Palmer. That's it. That's it. Brian. It's like Seal. <laughs> <laughs> he's so awesome, he's just known by one name. That's Palmer. it. That's it. I'm just going to um, drop it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Brian Palmer, who is a uh, longtime 
fishing guide we're actually going to do some fishing stuff today right uh, that's a new one it's new one for us heck yeah so uh we welcome him and we're gonna let you kind of give us a background on uh on you oh okay well uh fortunate enough to start guiding some fishing out here <clears throat> summer of 1998 and then i've been lucky enough to manage to hit every year since then at least a little bit throughout the year and then really fortunate to be out here for the last six summers full time. So it's been a, it's been a good ride. And uh, luckily on my end, uh, fishing stays pretty good and not a whole lot changes out there on the lakes. So, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of fun. Where'd lakes, you grow up? Street, yeah. uh, well, I grew up out here summer times, uh, starting about 91. My mom worked out here in the admin office. And then I, I was really lucky. My dad worked for Philmont, so I, I got to spend time over there, like, during the school year. And you're so. from, you guys, you're originally from Taos, right? Uh, Cimarron. Cimarron. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I grew up in Cimarron, wow. so. Yeah. Local. Native, native. Yeah. I think I know native. all two people that grew up in Cimarron. I know, right? <laughs> both a, of them. You and, I know both you of Jake them. Me and Jake. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we're out here, you know. So, uh, shoot, we're neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, poor, poor Kyle. You're, you're, I know that you put the podcast together and everything like that, so I let you bring it in, but you know nothing about fishing. I don't. <laughs> I'm just here. I'm, you're going to hear very – actually, you're probably going to hear from me a lot because I'm going to be asking questions, well, but I don't the, know anything about yeah, that's the, and, where, and, Palmer, where did you, like, first fish? Where did you grow up fishing? Like, was it the Cimarron um, River? Was it? Yeah, pretty much the Cimarron River was kind of the getting the start, and then – We'd come over and hit um, Costilla Creek on the the Vibe at All side, you know, during the summertime, and uh, and then just you know all sorts of little creeks and you know all around the Taos area, northern northeastern corner mainly. Or as they call them in New Mexico, rivers. <laughs> rivers. <Right. laughs> but, uh, when did you get into fly fishing? Because that's that's pretty much we're gonna, what we're, we're going to talk about. Focus on that. But, yeah, um, but yeah, when did you get into fly fishing? So I was about 11 years old. Oh, damn, early. Pretty early, but I really didn't get, I really didn't get hooked into it until I was about 14. And then, and then it was pretty much on from there. And it kind of immersed myself into it as like for a summertime activity because it was something I could go and do on my own. And, you know, it was pretty, pretty fun. My, my granddad was really into fly fishing, my mom's dad. And he, he set up... Um, uh, trips where he would take the grandkids and I do not remember where we, where we went but I want to say it was somewhere down down the Gila area um, and I must have been probably I don't know seven ten years old somewhere in there not interested at all uh, in fact we pretty much got reprimanded because we were playing in the stream rather than uh, fishing yeah. in the stream and uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was the last time I got to go on one of those trips. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the rock throwing will, will drive them away a little bit. Yeah, I didn't know about that at the time because I grew up in New Mexico where, you know, you just don't – I at least me, um, I never went fishing. Mm -hmm. If we were going camping, we would have some fishing poles and things like that. But sure. um, I never went fishing. And so – it just wasn't something that I grew up doing. Sure. We did a lot. We we went fishing a lot as kids, but 
I never held a fly rod till 1999. Um, but we, we fish the butte mostly, you know, being oh, from yeah. southern New Mexico. And we fished um, a little bit up in Mayhill in the Rio Peñasco, mostly Tule Creek. Uh, they're below Muscalero, but none of it fly rod fishing. Gotcha. Um, catfishing mostly at the lake and then trout fishing in the streams, but salmon eggs, man. That's all I ever did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. You, you couldn't cast a fly rod there, though. Sure. Even if you're walking in the river, up the river, you still couldn't cast a fly rod there. Yeah. Because it's just so overgrown. You barely get in there to pitch some bait upstream. Combat fishing. Yeah. Yeah. You ever done the slingshot? You know, uh, the bow and a, arrow cast. Bow and man. arrow cast. Yeah, absolutely. One of the biggest cutthroat I actually caught on a bow and arrow cast up here that I've ever that I've ever landed. It was pretty cool. I'm are you, are you a, being serious? I'm, yeah, you, I'm assuming that's yeah. where you use your pole. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know that that's what okay. that, what it was called. It's but an I'm actual. Explain, that explain a lot. us how that works. I have it in my mind, but I'm, I'm I, not sure if it's so correct. It works. Gr- I don't know how you do it with a fly rod, but it works great with one of those little short ultralight rods which is what we used up uh-huh. there in mm-hmm. Tule creek oh yeah and when you wanted to get to a hole that you couldn't get to like i said because everything was covered right. up you exactly know? and you you grab your hook mm-hmm. and you open your bait caster and hold your line and just pull it back like slingshot and it'll shoot that bait right up the stream yeah i didn't know it's called bow shot i thought we were going to start bow. talking about bow fishing which i've also done on the river <laughs> no that no rodney you nailed it i was going to say yeah it's pretty it's like written about in, you know, novels and, you know, fly fishing magazines and stuff, but it's a really good tactic. A lot of folks don't even think about that, you know, those, a lot of times those big fish, they're, they're, they're big for a reason, just like all the other animals get big for a reason. So you do it with the boat, with the... With, fly rod. Yeah, fly rod. Yeah. And, and you have a little bit of advantage with the fly rod because most of your fly rods are, you know, nine foot long, seven and a half to nine foot long. So you can reach in underneath where you need to get your bug and just get it, you know, kind of where, you know, in the ballpark and then little flick in there. And usually it's a really good presentation. It, it's surprising. So you're, you're using like the flex on the tip of the rod to mm-hmm. slingshot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Say so that, that in my mind, I thought you guys were like somehow rigging it up and like a bow. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think fly fishing just get a lot more fun. I think yeah. Fly fishing just got cooler. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only kind of casting Kyle's going to do now. That's it. That's <laughs> it. To heck with the rest of the cast. We'll just bow, bow and arrow cast into every hole. going to be on the boat and Kyle's going to be over here. <laughs> <laughs> Make that noise too. <laughs> Dave's going to be like, shut up, he's shut up, <laughs> shut up. He's actually going to be yelling at me to do that from the middle of the boat so I don't hook either of you guys anymore. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Whoever's in the middle, you never, this is all you get for the to record, do. You've never hooked me. I've never it's always been Kyle. Always me. I've never always hooking me. Hooked it's him. always hooking Kyle. I've never hooked him. I've just bounced the fly off pa. the back of his head a few pa. times. So I'm always like, I need, you know, I need to drive the boat. Kyle's like, I need to launch the boat. So guess who ends up in the middle of the boat? Aha. Every time. I'm always in the middle. <laughs> With the dog. With and the we dog. never catch any fish. That's why we brought you on to talk about guiding and not Dave. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. Hey, hey. <laughs> Dave, for a fly fishing oh. guide, you're a heck of a boat driver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That trolling motor, they're hard to handle. 
captain's chair. You got that covered. That's right. Yeah. Uh, bear, little chairs. Bear in my hand. <laughs> beer in your mouth. Beer in your mouth. <laughs> I'm just like, throw <laughs> something over there. <laughs> and you, not, th- you throw something there, over there. But go ahead and throw <laughs> it. Throw something on that side. And I'll sit here and drink beer. <laughs> okay, this is not true. <laughs> it's okay. kind of true. The not catching <laughs> fish part true. is true. Yes. The first time we went, I you caught, caught two. two. And I hadn't caught anything. Of course, I don't he's, listen. He's so. never caught one. And he's like, you should do this and put a dropper. And I'm like, yeah, let's throw a <laughs> Get a bug in the water, all right? We, we got all excited yeah. last time because Kyle wasn't going, and I got to get in the front of the boat. And I wasn't used to being in the front of the boat, so I just felt like I was going to fall out the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we didn't catch Jack. We didn't catch you. You caught one. Oh, that's I No, did. you caught two. Did I? Yeah. I don't know. There you go. See, not completely skunked. You got, you got a couple on catch, the board. I didn't catch anything, but not even a bug. Next time we go, at least I'll be having fun. Exactly, <laughs> making the sound. <laughs> We're going to have to perfect that. I like it. Practice, practice, practice. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. We're just picking on you, man. It's all good. Um, yeah. So take us through. Wait, wait, hold on. You go ahead. Yeah. You're, so you're going to guide this one because I don't know anything about fishing. Yeah. So <laughs> you've been wearing a shirt that says hunt. Right. Not hunt, fish. Not fish. Not fish. Hunt. Scratch that off and write fish. We're going to go hunt, um, not fish. But uh, is that hunt? Yeah. Hey, nice Matching. One. Matching. 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 Um, so fly fishing is. very specific it's very particular you know i mean anybody can just grab a uh ultra light rod some salmon eggs and go up to grindstone or a creek and, and fish but fly fishing is very you know there's a lot into it it yeah you know, from the the backing to the fly line to your leader to your tippet we got four different types of line that you tie onto your rod sure before you even start yeah yeah and that's confusing <laughs> enough <laughs> right 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 um so Start us never, off. Ne- never was the saying, I don't know what to do with my hands. So yes. <laughs> yes. So, relevant. <laughs> so, so start us off pretty basic. You know, what we do on our podcast here is, is we like to aim it at the newbies, mm-hmm. you know, those who haven't hunted and uh, those new to the sport of hunting. So kind of the same thing, those new to the sport of fly fishing mm-hmm. focus on them. So like beginners yeah. fly fishing. Yeah. The, we, we all know the first thing that you have to do is perfect the pinky. Perfect the pinky. <laughs> <laughs> Only when, <laughs> when tying the fly. <laughs> See, Dave, he hadn't perfected it yet. Much, much you like your, your teacup. You know, yes. yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No. Um, well, a lot of times what I'll tell folks that are beginning new fly fishermen, because I know a lot, it seems to be intimidating to a lot of people because yeah, you just explained it. There's a lot going on in the very beginning. If you're used to like conventional fishing gear, you pick up a fly rod and it's like, you know, what is this Egyptian madness that I'm, you know, dealing with? But um, what I'll tell folks a lot of times is like, if you can break it down into small parts, it makes it a little bit more understandable um you know in the first hour or so i also kind of equate it to doing something sort of like learning how to like 
snow ski or water ski. You know, the first hour or two is going to be pretty jumbled. It's going to be kind of a mess. But if you can sort of work your way through it, uh, once you develop a little bit of muscle memory with using both both arms, both hands, um, it gets a lot easier. And, and, you know, if you can take fishing out of the equation for 15, 20 minutes, then if I can just work on casting and line management without having a hook on the end, without actually having to, you know, worry about catching a fish, just working on some fundamentals that usually helps out a lot. So if I can take someone out and cast with them in the lawn, say for 15 or 20 minutes or cast with them on the side of a road and just sort of go through the motions of like, this is what you're going to be doing with your casting arm. This is how you're going to manage line. Cause it's not just, hucking line and reeling it in and hucking it and reeling it in just like you know what you would do on conventional tackle yeah you can't just get a bigger weight cast a little yeah. further right, <laughs> right. So, so tell us about like i mean the the basic equipment palmer um you know obviously a fly rod is different than well yeah the, the, than a spin casting rod the reel is different what yeah. are the what are the major parts um to put that all together okay so like uh your major difference would be um your your fly line. Let's just talk about fly line, you know, because instead of um instead of using like what Rodney said, like a, a big chunk of lead weight to propel your bait to get it out there into the lake, I'm actually using the weight of the fly line to propel my little weightless bug out to get him out there where I want him, to get him in the target zone. So the the major difference is that you're you're using the weight of the line to get your bug, to get whatever bait, you know, you're using out there instead of the weight of like a big piece of lead or, you know, some other, you know, system to drag your line out into the water. So uh, let's, let's get a clarification here real quick. How big of a sin is it to call it a lure? You know, I mean, that's one of those things where it's like, how far down the rabbit hole can you go? You know, <laughs> it's like calling the strike indicator a bobber. A bobber, yeah, exactly. But, how know, dare you? Wait, 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 let, me get, let me get my pinky. This is strike indicator. Right, right. You know what that? Bo- you know what that bobber just did? It indicated a strike. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, you know, I mean, that's pretty much where we're going with that one. But, um, but no, I mean, it's just a, it's just a, a little bit different like vehicle to get your, your bait, to get your bugs, to get your, you know, what you're using out into your fly. Yeah. To get it out into the lake. So what's all this mumbo jumbo with uh, three weight, four weight, five weight, six weight. Okay. So like uh, a lot of times, like uh, you would see in conventional tackle where you have ultralight tackle all the way up to like what you would use out in the ocean. Your fly rods are weighted similarly in that different weights are, specifically purposed for like different types of fishing, different species of fish, you know, different types of weather conditions, such as, you know, like out here, for example, on our, on our lakes, I say, you know, good bets to bring a five or a six weight rod. Um, cause you're going to be using heavier tackle. You're going to probably be dealing with a little bit of wind, but these lake fish aren't necessarily super spooky. So you don't have to have an extremely delicate presentation, Whereas like on a, on a creek that's running real thin and those fish are really savvy and they can see and feel a lot of things or if they're pressured a lot, you want to give yourself a little bit better camouflage. So you're going to go down a weight size on your line and on your rod 
and basically what I'm going to do is I can increase my camouflage by everything being lighter. So when the line hits the water, it hits the water softer. When I present a fly out there, I can pre present a fly really, really delicately and not slap the water and spook the fish. See, Downsizes, I can't like cast That's like the best explanation that's, I've know, ever know, heard in my life. Like, and that's fantastic. my problem. Because I'm like, <laughs> when I cast, a line is a line is a yeah. line. When, when I'm casting, I'm hitting the water in the back, hitting the water in the front. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? As long as you're out in a boat, you're fine. Just focus on the front cast. <laughs> Good. So if, if somebody new is getting into hunting or fishing, Sorry, <laughs> At old habits. Old habits. <laughs> if somebody new is getting into it, is it better to go out and try this at a creek or at a lake? You know, honestly. Specifically talking trout. Specifically obviously. talking. Um, I, you know, it just kind of depends. I mean, th there's a lot of folks that are really, really into fishing the running water, the creek fishing. And it's really, really rewarding, but it also adds another element of difficulty mm -hmm. because you're dealing with something that's constantly moving. Whereas if I take a absolute beginner and I can take them out for a half hour on one of the lakes, they're probably not going to be as frustrated in that first hour of fishing because they're not going to have to contend with overhanging trees and running water and sticks and boulders and undercuts and all of the obstacles that are going to present themselves to you on your normal fly fishing outing on a creek. See, that's yeah. so funny to me because I cannot, I like, I have not caught a fish on a lake yet <laughs> with a fly rod, but I can go to a, a you, did, you did in Colorado. Well, that's true. But, um, but you were kind of doing the pacha, pacha. <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason, I have I, I know how to fish a stream. I, I actually enjoy fishing a stream much better because I don't have to worry so much about putting it in a specific place. I can drop it in and let it run, you know, under a. I can or you know drop it up above me and let it run under a little cut bank where I know they're they're probably hanging out, and so it, that's. Um, I, it makes sense uh, if you got you know somebody that knows where to that can tell you where to put it and stuff. But uh, I always liked fly fishing more than normal fishing, just because if if I wasn't catching, at least I was walking up and down a stream. <laughs> sure, sure, uh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be active no matter how yeah, you're doing it. Yeah. You know, Instead so just sitting in the boat, sitting getting in the, hit boat, in the back of the head, <laughs> right? Sitting on the sitting on the shoreline. Yeah, yeah, but um. But, you know, and, and it's kind of case to case too, though, because a lot of times uh, folks will want to go and, and, and fly fish the running water and, you know, we can take beginners and get them going. It's just a little bit more involved at the, you know, at the front end, but also super rewarding when you, you pull a trout out of a, you know, a running creek. It's yeah. pretty, pretty cool. I've always, again, just using regular tackle, but I've always enjoyed creek fishing more. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So once you get past the fly line, tell us what you need past that. Okay, so you've all got of those your, parts that connect. Yeah, you've got your backing to your fly line, and your backing's basically first spun on the reel, and that's going to usually be about a hundred yards of material. And a lot of it is just to take up space on your reel, because um, a lot of times your fly reel 
is really just a line holder. You're not going to use it as much as you would like a spin cast reel or a bait cast reel, right? So you got your, your backing to your fly line, your fly lines, what your weight is. And then from your fly line, you generally go to a tapered leader, which is like a monofilament or fluorocarbon, some sort of clear, thin material, right? Like you would normally use on a regular, on a regular system. But your your leader is going to depend on like what you're fishing. Most of them are going to run seven and a half foot to like ten foot. So if you've got really spooky fish, you may have to run like a ten foot leader. But if you're fishing a really tight little creek where you're not going to be casting very far anyway, you want to yeah. The or you have a seven and a half foot rod. You yeah. don't want a ten foot leader. Exactly, it's hard to manage. Plus, then you got tippet too. Exactly, yeah, and then and then yeah, like you said, the last thing would be a tippet, you know, section off of your leader. Um, if necessary, you know, so I think a lot of people get confused. I try to, you know, and I've tried to teach my kids this, you know, the difference between the monofilament and nylon and the fluorocarbon and why it's important, you know, to use, you know, one or the other in different situations. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, you t- you hit it, man. It's, Maybe you can explain that. It can be a game changer. And and this is where the nitpicky fly fisherman starts to come out. So right, if I right. if I start to geek out, you guys just you know, just you know, punch ready. me or something. Yeah. Get, get your pinky I'm out. Getting, getting the pinky out, right? <laughs> so uh, you know, it used to be one of these things where I was like, I think this is a bunch of hoopla. I don't know if I really believe in it, but mm-hmm. I believe in it now. So I do too. Fluorocarbon <clears throat> is a material that sinks. And it also tends to have like better camouflage value underneath the surface of the water. So you get better camouflage and you get sinking material. So if you want to use an underwater bug, like a leech pattern or some sort of emerger, something that's going to be under the water anyway, I'm going to go with fluorocarbon because it's going to increase my camouflage. It's going to, those fish have really good eyesight and they can actually sea line pretty easily and so um if i'm using anything under the water even with my conventional tackle now i use fluorocarbon if i'm going to use a dry fly something that floats up on the surface obviously i don't want to use material that's going to sink or it'll drag my bug under the surface of the water and i'll be applying floatant left and right and it mm-hmm. won't be doing any good so butter if yeah butter yeah <laughs> so butter. if i'm going to be using a dry fly i want to make sure and use the right type of material so that my bug floats on the surface and i'm not working against myself but there are little subtle, subtle little things that you can do little tricks that are definitely going to increase your odds and um using fluorocarbon for underwater bugs is one of my favorites so I think another one of my favorite on underwater bugs is using a non-slip loop knot. Yes, yeah, and, loop knots are you know, key. Everybody knows cinch knot, right? Clench knot, I guess, is what you would call it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> well, I mean. The improved clinch. Everybody knows. My, my everybody daughter Faith and I were, t- were talking about this the other night. I was like, there's only three, there's only three knots, really, that you know, you're going to use every day. You're gonna, you know, you're going to use a surgeon's knot yeah. to tie your leader to your tippet. Right. You're going to use a clinch knot or an improved clinch knot to tie on your first bug, and you might use a, you know, non-slip loop knot to tie on your, you know, your lower bug. Right, right, so. right. That's Clearly. two bugs. That's two bugs. One for each of you. One yes. for, One each, for each, each of you. 
<laughs> which is one of one of your advantages, right? Because then I can huh? I can fish a surface bug and an underwater bug at the mm-hmm. same time. That's right. So you know that basically increases my odds. No matter what bugs I choose, I've just increased my odds. You know? And so, your surface bug is now a strike indicator. It has now become a, a bobber. strike indicator. A bobber. <laughs> it's a bobber. Yes. <laughs> Uh, fly fishermen are so weird. Those are yeah, expensive bobbers. They are. <laughs> they are. Then we use we use terms like hopper and dropper. Hopper dropper. You yeah. got the hopper. You got dropper. the hopper dropper. Yeah. Um, you know. Is these sometimes we fish you awake the, while you're fly fishing. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes we fish with a panty dropper hopper. Yeah, yeah, which is sometimes <laughs> hard to say in front of certain mm-hmm. clients, mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, it is the actual name of the this, bug. It is the actual so, name of the bug. Panty hoppy dropper. Yeah, a, it's a, one of panty dropper. I a bet panty you dropper I hopper. like a mother bear with that one. <laughs> I have one of those. They love it. I did fish with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an August fly. It's an August September. Bug. I, I think well, our goal because it looks like a grasshopper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah That's yeah. why it's called a panty dropper. Uh, yep. Yeah. So, I think I think our goal after this it is really great in August. Yeah. I, th- I think and our goal after this is to help? is to get Kyle a fish. Well, <laughs> I I I over exaggerate. I have caught a couple out here on on uh, Merrick. Oh, nice! With the panty dropper. <laughs> it's a good all arounder. Works in the creeks. Works in the lakes. It's a good good one to have in your box. I mean, th- if you think about it, <laughs> that's the other thing about fly fishing. They're so like you walk into a fly shop, and our fly shop here is really not that big. But you walk into a a big fly shop there is so much going on there i can yeah i can there are i can imagine when we went to idaho i can imagine like this is this is the thought process that goes through my mind is we walk in and they say oh you know can we help you what do you want and i can imagine that what i came off as was me fish (laughs) bring hook bring hook (laughs) yeah yeah, because we were, you know, we, we had no up, idea. Yeah, we had no idea. I mean, the first fly rod I bought to go to Idaho was the wrong one, because um, I just, you know, got online and googled some fly rods. Fly that rod. looks like that a one good one. Good. I was got a nice color. Ordered. I think it. I'll buy that one. And then we started researching, you know, and we were going to go fish for some steelhead, and then I was like. Yeah, I didn't get the right rod. Oh no! Started watching some videos. And what it was? Did you get like a three or four weight? Yeah, I got like a four weight. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, I talked to I, I talked to a game warden up there, and they're like, "Yeah, you're gonna need eight or nine weight." <laughs> right? Yeah, for going for steel head, yeah. So, so then I had to order another fly rod, and I had no idea about flies. So we decided well, when we get up there, there's gonna be some fly shops, right? Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I can just imagine. You know, we walked in there, and they were probably like, look at these schmucks. <laughs> and we were like, we we're going to go steelhead fishing. First of what all. What kind of flies? First of all, <laughs> it was like the water was like Montana. Was yeah, 18,000 like 18, CFS. CFS. We're like, we're going to fish for steelhead. Uh-huh. And you're going to die. <laughs> I'll take your money. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> we gave him some money. But listen, we had a blast. We did. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That was a fun thing, getting in the river up there. Which which one was that? That we're we, in the, uh, the Clearwater. The, clear water. the head, cool. The, the, head and of, the head of the Clearwater up there near, um, not Stites. Stanley. Stanley. Yep. Yeah. Nice. And Jeez. it it was awesome. Yeah. But because we have the, rivers here, right? No, they have no. rivers no. up there. Right. I've, <laughs> I've I've been in our rivers here, and you pretty much just jump in and go to town, or you but, jump across it. Oh yeah. 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 But, <laughs> or step across it. Yeah. But, <laughs> 
But those rivers up there, I was legitimately concerned. They will test you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Out there, they will make you question your manhood. I was like (laughs) walking out there in my waders, and I got out about halfway out, and I'm like, Uh oh, I really want to fish that hole. But if I lose but my footing, up. I am gone. You're dead. <laughs> so gone. So Dude, gone. The, it was. the Clark Fork literally was 18,000 CFS That's when I was amazing. up there. Oh, man. So. <clears throat> CFS. But Nobody knows what CFS is. Cubic feet, feet per, per second. second. Yeah. yeah. You have cubic to explain that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Amount, um, it's a large amount of water rolling down the river. Yeah. Really fast. I, I think that's one of the most intimidating things. They walk into a fly shop, and there's all these, you know, there's scuds, and there's WD-40s, and there's tricos and there's we, you know right there's there's all this you know panty dropper hoppers there's parachute this and there's clown that and there's uh, oh yeah you know and they don't um you know what are just kind of like you know i i think you know the basics for me are one's tied to look like a salmon egg. you know the, yes, yeah exactly. yeah you know the the your, you know the, the egg the, pattern the, 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 the four major food groups for trout right, right? And, your, in, your in all of in all of their life cycles um yeah uh, of of those in between there i think that people get caught up in you know the names of this and the names of that and really, really you, what you, you really what you should be looking for if i'm not mistaken would be the patterns, right? Like the type, right. The type of bug that you're hoping to right. Mimic. We're yes. we're we're in northern New Mexico, right? We yeah. know we know that um, a midge hatch or you know chronomid midge hatch is going to happen early or in the year, and then probably going to be you know then the mayflies are going to come you in, know. and yeah. then you know and then of course the streams are going to have some probably some early caddis hatches, and you know you know every, every few years a certain stream is going to have a stonefly hatch, so. If you know kind of those major categories of those bugs, then it starts to make sense because you're looking at the life cycle of those bugs, right? You're looking at from the larva to the pupa, the merger, the adult. And you, then you would think that it, that would have helped me, see, seeing as I won state in entomology and <laughs> there you go, there you go, gone. Apparently, was, gone. apparently was an aquatic insect, <laughs> no, was it? It's a terrestri- mainly terrestrial. Terrestrials. We fish terrestrials August. a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah beetles, know. ants, hoppers. I just like to think of it as a seasonal menu. Yeah. Right. So you know, depending on mm-hmm. what season it is, you got to give them the right menu item. Right. You know, and and, and so, within that menu item, you know, this those those stages, right? Of when you know the larva and the pupa, you know, or merger and the adult, uh-huh. those fish are eating in all of those stages, you know, and it just you know aquatic insects, you know, spend eighty, you know, depend on what they are exactly, but for the most part, like eighty percent of their life underwater, and so you have to realize that the fish are are feeding eighty percent of the time under the water because that's, that's you know that's, that's that's where, where the, the bugs is, are, yeah. right? That's where the food is, and so everybody thinks you know river runs through it. You know, through what? What was what was the that big that big bug there thrown in the movie? Uh, Some sort of stonefly. Yeah, I think yeah. he called it a bunion bug. Bu- a bunion bug. Mm. That's what he called yeah. it, right? And th- and everybody <laughs> and everybody pictures that's what it is, right? You're up on here and you're waving the line everywhere and you're throwing this picturesque, Nobody, right? And you're throwing this, yeah. you know, number two, you know, right. bunion bug. And you know what that movie didn't teach you? No, didn't do it. Didn't even touch on it. Disappointed. It did teach you about staying out of the sun. <laughs> yes. And floating your beer. <laughs> but yeah, everybody has that, you know, cinematic, you know, uh, romantic view of fly fishing when the fact is, 
you know, what your own your whole goal is to mimic the a bug yeah. in the stage that it's in at that moment to catch a fish because well, that's what they're eating. Yeah, most of the game's underwater. Yeah. yeah, you know. Well, and I think I think that's a good way to think about it specifically. You know, this is a mainly a hunting podcast, but you think about you think about um, fishing in the hunting terms. Trout, trout, and most fish are predators. Mm-hmm. And so they're, yeah. uh, and, and hoping to get into this can talk, kind of talk, you know, later on, maybe talk about how you play that, that bug or whatever it is to, to, you know, incite that predator response. But, um, yeah, they're, when you think about it in hunting terms, you have, you, you kind of have to approach it like you do predator hunting. Absolutely. Um, they have great eyesight. Their senses are really good. And they spook easy. Yeah, yeah. But they're always looking for food. But they're always looking for food. They're looking for always. Food. Trout are always looking for food. And they've got specific habitat and specific food sources, so right. they're gonna. Yeah, they're predators. You know, if a trout. I mean, shoot, if they can, if they can get their mouth on it, they can probably eat it. And it's surprising how. <laughs> How big? <laughs> there is a yo mama joke in there. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, that one might have to get edited out. No. But uh, it, it's yeah, surprising. They don't edit. You know yeah. what we do? Explicit. Explicit. <laughs> yeah. But no. But, but I mean, he's right. I've I've caught you know four four inch cutthroat on you know a Luna Negra, which is what like a number six hook. A wounded what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, a Luna Negra. A Luna oh. Negra. The black moon. The black right. moon. <laughs> I which thought, which the, which is a black, which is a hilarious fly the, because we don't have anything that looks like it. The black no. But the fish <laughs> eat it. The fish eat it on the river. They, they eat it on the lake. Power bait. What the hell is pooping power bait in the rivers? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. They eat the heck out of that. They, they, it. they love it. Yeah. Especially the the colors that you see out there in nature all the time. The like rainbow colors. Hot yeah. pink and oh, with the know. glitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the glitter. glitter. Yeah. Chartreuse. Fish yeah. love glitter. It's a rainbow <laughs> shit. <laughs> Unicorn crap. <laughs> Sorry, we got. Yeah, no, this is this is really we've had a lot of like oh, very God. serious I know. very serious podcasts recently, so it's nice to lighten it up and, I am. and have some fun. It's good to sprinkle a little, little unicorn crap. A little crap bit in of there. unicorn crap on there. <laughs> well, fairy dust. That's, we call, we call that chumming. That's the glitter in the unicorn crap. That's it. <laughs> the glitter in the unicorn. <laughs> you know that's going to be the name of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> unicorn crap. Uh, I've or, never or, thought of fly fishing that way before. <laughs> we weren't talking about fly fishing. That's not fly oh. fishing. Oh, that's so. that's back to the whole bait fishing thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where did we we got off on a side? No, I don't know. Dude. <laughs> were we talking about bugs? Yeah, we were, we're talking, talking about, about bugs for a little yeah, bit. Ta- Black moons or something. Yeah, yeah. Luna negras. And, yeah, no, I mean, just matching matching to the time of year. And I think um, Dave, you do a, a, a program um, that really kind of takes you down, and you learn or you see what's in what's there as far yep. as bug life, and then you basically kind of. Try and figure out how do I mimic that, right? I, I think that, you know, not, not just in teaching that, you know, to kids or adults or, you know, whoever wants to learn that. I think as even experienced fishermen, you'll find us before we ever put a fly on our tippet. You know, especially, you know, a stream maybe. I haven't fished a stream in a couple months. I'll go in there and I'll 
pick up rocks and I'll start looking, you know, is there mayfly larvas or, um, you know, one day I discovered, you know, big old stonefly larva in a stream that I hadn't fished in a month and, and instantly changed my tactic and just, you know, totally killed it. Cause I took the time to see what, what was there and what, you know, most likely the fish were, were looking to see. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you can get scientific with it, you know, and anytime anybody science. that it's science, it's science. Yeah. And if anybody like spends enough time fly fishing, you know, getting into it, you're, you're going to learn about bugs just by mm-hmm. default, you know, yep. I mean, just because if you want to catch fish, you're going to have to know what, what menu items to give yep. them, you know, you know, Otherwise, and, and if you fish, a, if you fish a particular area um, of the state or the country or, or, you know, especially a particular water, you're pretty much going to know, right? You're going to get out of the truck. You're going to know, oh, yeah, there's going to be mayfly hatch midday and probably some caddis this afternoon. And you're probably already going to know that. Um, but if you're, you know, fishing the water, maybe you haven't fished in a while or you've never fished before, that's a great idea to get in there and, and dig around and pick up the grass from the undercut and see what bugs are in there and pick up some rocks and, and uh, you know, just kind of see what's going on under the surface because it's easy to see you know, what's going on, you know, on the surface. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like I said, you know, the fish are, yeah, large majority of the time they're eating what's underneath. So cool. Good to know. Very good to know. Yeah. So. And anytime you can give them two menu items at the same time, oh, do yeah. it. You know? you know, and it's funny too. <laughs> Breakfast it, and it, dinner. Yeah. 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 What well, dessert? <laughs> Chicken and Everybody, waffles. Everybody you likes know? dessert. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it's funny though, sometimes, and I don't know, Brian, if you've ex- you know, Palmer, sorry. If you've experienced this before, um, yeah, you'll, you'll have this, you know, huge caddis hatch and you're like, oh man, I got the exact match. Right. And you're out there throwing it and there's so many bugs that they're not, you know, they're eating bugs, but they're not eating the bug on a hook, you know? Yeah. And so then you just throw something, just, you know, throw something crazy out there, you know, a Chernobyl ant or something. And, you know, they eat it because it looks different. And uh, you just got, I don't know, you just got to be kind of be prepared to wing it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, good at winging it. It's all about experimentation, you know. <laughs> give, them, give them a couple dozen casts, and if they're not eating it, give them something else, yep. you know. So take us through uh, uh, just kind of some of the, the basics of casting and, and some pitfalls to avoid and things like that. So I think a lot of folks in the beginning with, uh, with beginner fly fishermen, they – they have kind of a, a different idea of like what the cast should be, like what they see in their head, what they see in movies, as opposed to like what the actual mechanics of the casts are happening. You know, what what's actually going to transfer the energy between the rod, the line, and the fly. This is what I need to hear because uh, I'm just like, this and, is what it looks like. I don't know. Yeah. Dig and, deep, and Palmer. So Dig deep. Straighten him do- out. With your setup, right? Yeah. The the size of the fly line and the leader and the tippet and your fly all kind of have to match. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You want everything to be weighted in, in the same, pretty much in the same range. You know, a lot of times you might be able to go one direction, either like one weight, you know, if I'm using a five weight rod, I I can probably go up to a six weight line or go down to a four weight line, but it's not optimal. You know, if I'm using a five weight rod, I probably want to be using a five weight line. I want to be, you know, I want my everything to match up basically. And that's, that's really going to help you out with your, with your casting. Cause, um, 
yeah, it's just going to, there's, you know, quite a bit of engineering that goes into all that stuff. And, you know, over the last, you know, hundred years of fly fishing, you know, there's been some pretty smart people do some pretty good research and get that stuff figured out. And, and basically if you can get a system that's all matched up, whether it's a four weight, a five weight, a six weight, whatever, that's going to help you out, you know, instead of, I mean, I've seen guys that come out here with an eight weight rod trying to cast a four weight line. It will work. It's just not going to work as good as if everything were matched up. So that's a, that's one thing is that, you know, you don't have to go, you know, you don't have to go spend a fortune on gear. Just make sure that you've got good matched gear and, and, you know, you can get in the ball game for, you know, a couple hundred bucks. So that's, that's kind of the deal. You don't have to go full on and spend a grand, you know, but, uh, but yeah, you definitely unless you want to. Very easily. Very unless you easily. want to. You can do that before Buy the wrong you. Rod. I, I think it's just like anything, you know, and we've talked in the podcast before, you know, art, archery is its own thing, right? You could you could dump so much money into archery hunting. Yeah. You know, waterfall hunting, it's the same thing with fly fishing. It sucks yeah. you in. Yeah. You're dead. You're dead. <laughs> Coming back to the cast though, you know, if Please. you're if you're trying to break it down, I, I always tell folks if I can break it down into three distinct motions. That's gonna that's gonna be helpful. Instead of thinking of a fly cast as like a as like a pendulum that's a constant motion, a lot of times I try and get people to think about three distinct motions, right? So your your pickup, when you pick the line up off the water, you wanna come and come up quick to a stop. You want it to be a quick to an abrupt stop. And that stop needs to be right around twelve o'clock with your rod tip. What that's going to do is, if you can explain it to get people to to kind of think of like a like a plastic spoon and like food being pulled back into a plastic spoon. If I come to a quick enough stop, when the weight of that fly line reaches the end on the back cast, it's actually going to pull that rod tip back, and that's where your timing comes in. If I can wait for that line to pull the rod tip back and then come back forward. I'm going to get a lot more energy transfer than if I'm just trying to pitch a line out there like a pendulum. So I'm coming quick to a stop, that line straightens out, and then I come forward. So those three distinct motions really help a lot of people out because you can do it without a fly. You can do it out there in the lawn. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I can say come quick to a stop, pause, now come forward. No. I tell people the same thing. I say accelerate, stop, accelerate. Yeah. You never told me that. <laughs> oh. Well, no, you I'm look like you. I'm out there. You look like you knew what you were doing. You look like you're throwing a baseball, <laughs> throwing a baseball bat. Yeah. Um, and the back cast is just yeah. as crucial as the forward you know, cast. And and yeah, I think you know, and I think once people get the feel of it, right, the more line you have out, obviously, the the little bit longer you need to wait. It's it's that back timing that yeah that allows you to accelerate back forward. I I remember watching. you watching you guys out on the lawn, watching you um, cast, and you and Sam specifically kind of stood out. I'm like, I must be working way too hard at this because they look like they're like effortlessly doing this. And and I'm I'm assuming it really does just come down to mechanics because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just working too hard at it. 
that's that's it you know it's a, a lot of folks you do and and especially us especially guys we tend to like over muscle everything yeah, golf swing i mean yeah well, it, you know I, we're I, swinging for the fences on every strike golf you know? is a perfect I mean, example you know because yeah. my dad always used to tell me the perfect golf swing feels like nothing yeah and yeah. the perfect fly cast feels like nothing yeah, if you can get the equipment to work for you and, you know, get the mechanics right, it's amazing what the gear will do. And and one guy that I learned a lot from said that the game that he would play in his head when he goes out to go fly fishing is how good a cast can I get with the least amount of effort? And and that seems to really help work on the mechanics. You know, there's there's folks out there that are in their late seventies, 80 years old that can cast 70, 80 feet. And it's not because they're real strong people. It's because they do their casts perfectly, you know? And so, you know, I, I can take Cordell, uh, you know, I know who can probably, you know, arm wrestle and beat anyone, Mm -hmm. but I can take somebody who's got perfect form with their fly casting, you know, and, and they can throw, you know, 40, 50 feet further than Cordell even though he's much, much stronger or, you know, it's just, it's all about mechanics and using the gear 50 feet further. I'm lucky to get 40, (laughs) much less. There's probably a reason. (laughs) In in like shooting too, it's, it seems like women, uh, a lot of times have more propensity for that finesse and that coordination and that timing than guys do initially. Have you noticed that? We had, we had this conversation the other day. Um, there's a couple of, um, gals that were wanting to learn how to shoot and they they were hesitant about it i said uh, to be honest with you i i like teaching women and especially people who have never shot before mm-hmm. because absolutely they don't come with any bad habits and specifically women um and the way that i worded it was they seem to be more focused it's not that they're more accurate they just seem to be mm-hmm. more focused which makes them accurate sure but, yeah, uh, it makes total sense. Yeah, I ju- I just think that their mechanics are you know, mm-hmm. you know. You see it in the fly fishing world too, you know. And and again, if you can take, if you can take the fishing part out of the equation for the first half hour of the ball That's game, really good advice. You're, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna do everybody so much more of a favor because the first thing you do is you know you put a fly rod in somebody's hand and tie a fly on the end of it. They want that bug in the water and they want to be actively in the in the ball game of fishing. But it's just like anything else, you know, playing basketball, doing whatever. You've got to have a few of the fundamentals down or it's just going to be a nightmare out there, you know. So if you can get some line management and some casting down, you're going to have so much more fun when you actually get to the fishing part of it. So you talked about three specific motions, the back, the weight, the weight. And then the forward. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, your pickup cast, you're going to come quick to a stop. So coming up quick is the first motion. Coming to an abrupt stop is the second motion. And then letting that line straighten out is the third motion before you come back on the frontwards cast. Because if that line doesn't have time to load and straighten out behind you, you're probably not going to get a good tight, loop and you know you're not going to get a you're not going to get good energy transfer so that's that's the thing is that if you can kind of like think about how am i going to get this energy transfer and and i like using the plastic spoon analogy because 
when you come to an abrupt enough stop on that pickup cast, when the line straightens out behind you, you can feel it bounce the rod tip back, but you won't feel it if you don't come to a stop. If mm-hmm. you're, if it's a constant motion, you'll never feel that. But if I come to an abrupt stop and that line straightens out, sometimes it'll, it'll nearly, nearly pull the rod out of your hand, you know? And it's like, Oh, that now I come back forward mm-hmm. and that's where you can, you can really feel the energy transfer because you feel tension both directions. I was going to, I was going to say, but don't forget the first step too. Um, you know, because on that first initial start off of the water, you're also wanting to create tension so that your rod tip goes forward, right? That's going to create more energy. Yep. So if you have too much slack out laying on the water, so you want your line to be straight on your initial start, right? Yeah. And then your stop, and then straight again, and then your your start again back out. Yeah. Yeah. If you have too much slack out on the water and you do that initial start, you're not getting any tension on your line until your rod's already to 12 o'clock, and then you're – you By that any, time, you don't you're have not, any energy. Yeah, exactly. You don't, don't have any energy to get it back. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of neat. I'm, I my engineering, you know, is not so great, but you know, there's a lot going on with the energy yeah. transfer, and if you can, if you can drag your line across the water on your pickup, on your initial cast, you're creating surface tension between the line and the water, and so, like Dave was saying, it actually bends your rod forward. forward. And that starts an initial load, and that's you can really feel that on the pickup cast if you've got about twenty or thirty feet of line out there, because yeah. you can feel that line drag against the water. Now, I'm, I have I have felt that. And, and back to the lake thing, right? That's that's you can really feel it on the lake, on yeah. the stream, depending on you know how big a cast you're making, how big the stream. Some of our aren't streams, creeks trickles, whatever you want to call them <laughs> we have around here. Drainages. You know, that forward tension isn't going to be, you know, a whole lot. It's going to be a little bit different on the stream. But on the lake, you can really, if, if you practice that, you can really feel that tension on the front end. And then when you just just come to a complete stop, you can feel it on the back end. Too. Yeah. And I felt that forward, ten- that, that, that forward tension. Yeah. But I'd always heard, like, kind of like, driving car 10 and 2 and so i always came a little bit further back yeah and it, and, it, and there's been times well, where i've i felt it on the back end but it's not like every single cast I, I think a lot of people do that but you remember your arm only goes so far back and so when you're thinking that 10 2 in order to get that a lot of times you'll you'll just bend your wrist back like that and when you do that basically you've straightened the rod and there's no more flex on that rod um, when that happens Got it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm a pro now. There's all sorts of science going on. It's got it. <laughs> yeah. And stick your pinky out. Yeah. Stick your pinky out. That it's... creates tension. Yeah. yeah. One of those things, though, I mean, it's like muscle memory. You know, you if you do it several times, it gets easier and easier and easier. But in the beginning, it's kind of a it's kind of a cluster. You know, <laughs> you know, just like especially well, got, especially if always. you're you know. Uh, a bait caster from, you know, the, the bass fishing, you know, world. Um, I've ran into that with, with clients, you know, their only experience is, you know, flicking, you know, bait casting reels, flick, you know, flicking big, you know, rattle traps and crank baits and stuff like that. And, uh, um, that sets me up for my next question. Let's talk about the flies on the water. You've done a great cast. It's down there and a fish eats it. Now yeah. what? Now what? Now what? 
right? So do you do like a bass set? I mean, do you like arch your back and like almost fall off the backside of the boat? And <laughs> so your hook set on on a, you know most of the time in the fly fishing game is not as uh, violent, I guess, <laughs> as, as as sometimes like on some other species. So I always tell folks, you know, you you want to be quick, but you don't want to be you don't necessarily have to be forceful. And that's the mm-hmm. other thing, too, is with the energy transfer. You're not ripping their lips off. Yeah, don't rip right. their lips off. They've got soft mouths. I had an old guy, and you, and you know I'm the old guy that I'm about to talk about. He always said, I always tell people, just answer the phone. Yeah. Just, just, an- just answer you know, Your pause down here, just answer the phone. <laughs> but <laughs> you can't do that nowadays. The kids don't know. They don't know. Right, they right, don't know. Right, like they got that. their You're cell like, phone in their hand. They're like, at, what? People, so – if you Swipe? ask anybody what? of a certain age to mm-hmm. mimic them being on the phone, they're going to do this. You know, the old right. hang ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old yeah, yeah. yeah earpiece. Yeah. But nowadays, if you ask p- people to do that, they go. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, or or. Yeah, go ahead. Hello. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Bluetooth. Yeah. So I guess you can't use the old answer the phone thing. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, with certain with certain clients, you drink still a beer. Can, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> drink, drink a beer. beer. Drink a beer with your ear. <laughs> but no, that's the, that. I mean, so that kind of leads into the the line management part, right? Because you know, the hook set. You, you you know, when you detect your strike, whether you see an indicator go under the water. Or you see a fish come up and eat your bug off the surface. The bobber. You're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna be quick, you know, to try and get any slack that's out on the water off of the water and get a positive hook set so that you feel positive tension with that trout. Right? So, you know, I detect my strike, I wanna come straight up to twelve o'clock. Generally with the type of fly fishing that we do, we can, we can set the hook with the rod. We don't have to do a strip set. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like in the saltwater, different types of species and stuff, we and won't get re- into that now. You really have to stick your pinky <laughs> out <laughs> yeah, for the, for the strip set. <laughs> right. So, you know, for our folks, I say, I say, just lift that rod tip, you know, having a nine foot rod, that's going to pick up a lot of line all at once. And that's generally going to be enough to set the hook is just mm-hmm. being quick on the hook set quick coming up to 12 o'clock, right? Don't have to be super forceful, but you've got to be kind of quick. In fact, you don't want to be super forceful or you'll break the fly right off in their mouth or you'll rip their lips off. You know, I, so. I had a gentleman, and this is a stupid story, but I had a gentleman from um, Texas and, um, and we're fishing, we're, we're, we're fly fishing. And he assured me that he was an expert fly fisherman and uh, man, the fish were, the fish were just, they were just biting. And every time he would just, he would, he would, fish would take it and he would just rip it and it would break. And I went from three X to two X on the tippet. I mean, I just kept getting bigger and bigger. Finally, and I, and I, and I kept telling him, I said, sir, all you have to do is just, you know, just, just lift up, just lift up and set that hook. And he goes, he turns around and he tells me, well, if somebody would learn how to tie better knots, <laughs> maybe these fish wouldn't be getting off. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. I said, if somebody wasn't ripping their face off, right. maybe we would have some fish in the boat. You know, it's 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 really not this you know you know thing. It's it, it's literally just just putting that hook in their mouth and letting so the, think, letting the fish think, create the tension. I think we need to back up. Um, we ta- already talked about setting the hook and all that stuff, but I think we need to back up. We talked about casting. Um, and earlier I talked about, I wanted to kind of hear how, how you play that, that, um, 
bug out there to kind of elicit the response that you want? And what are you doing with, you know, with your hands? Because it's not like a spin reel. You're not sure, sure. spinning it in. So, so yeah, so just like uh, manipulating the bug to, to kind of imitate like what's actually coming off. I also want to imitate how that bug is actually living in, in nature, right? So um, there's things out there that are, that are called like emerging flies, emerging insects. And basically what that's supposed to imitate is a bug rising off the, the bottom of the lake towards the surface of the lake. And, and a lot of your emerging insects are what fish are going to be eating a, most of the time. And so that's going to be an under the water. That's an, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. Fly. Underwater bug. And, um, and there's ways that I can imitate that, that emerging action, um, with those little tiny bugs. Um, part of it is, is using a strike indicator, using a float up on the surface. I can, I can stage my underwater bug at whatever depth I want to fish underneath my float and actually, those little indicators, when they're bobbing up and down, even if there's just the slightest amount of riffle on the water, they're transferring energy down into that little bug, and he's actually rising and falling with with the, the action of the waves. So a lot of times, that'll look very, very similar to what the real bugs are looking like subsurface. But, um, but Palmer, I'll, I'll also do that on the stream. Right, I'll fish an emerger on the stream, and let's say you know the hole on the stream that I think the fish are in. I'm going to put that in my, you know, in in my casting mm-hmm. more towards the end, so that as it comes through that hole, that's when I'm starting to pick up the rod, and that's when that emerger is starting to come up. Yeah, and you're you're basically just trying to imitate what the the fish are in the stream. You know, they're they're looking doing upstream, their do, mm-hmm. doing their thing, doing mm-hmm. their stream thing with their fins and all that stuff and all that, and. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, the fishy thing, and they're just and then they're looking for those bugs that are easy prey coming down, and and as you bring that down and you start to make that bug rise to that fish, it looks like that's a that's a bug that's going to the surface to become an adult. It's easy prey, yeah, and that's what you're trying to imitate. But if I'm using like a size twenty, you know, mayfly imitation or something to that effect, you know, I want that fly to land as delicately on the surface of the water as possible. That's my problem. It's always... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, during <laughs> hopper season, you know, during oh, yeah. August, mm-hmm. sometimes, yeah. sometimes the harder you hit the water, the better, because when grasshoppers that's hit when the water... start killing it. That's uh, it, man. That is. <laughs> it's it's awesome, too. I, like, during hopper season, I'll actually throw my hopper into the grass on the bank and I'll kind of give a little twitch with that line, and that my hopper will fall out of the grass and smack the water really hard, and it just elicits this response. They just yeah, it's cool. It they, looks they just, just like the real deal. They just slam it. They slam it, man. Yeah, yeah. So just depending on the type of insect, you know, you can if you can imitate what that insect does normally in real life. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's a floating insect, a swimming insect, or an emerging insect, you know. Like, you can... like leeches. We'll fish leeches a lot here. Yeah. Leeches and streamers. And, you know, we'll make, we'll make them do all kinds of action. They, that's they what... can't see you, Dave. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm doing my hands all crazy. Yeah. What do <laughs> I do with my hands? What do I do with my hands? <laughs> I don't do swim my hands. like leeches. That's yeah, you know. Or scuds even. You know, yeah. you know, scuds swim almost like little shrimp. 
Yeah, you know? they're, yeah, they're like a little shrimp. You know, so you're trying to you're trying to imitate how those bugs are moving around. They make crawfish patterns that are, you know, tied backwards. Mm-hmm. You know, because so if you huck a crawfish pattern out there, you can swim it along the bottom, just like a just like a little you know backwards swimming crawfish. And you know, I mean, it's amazing how a lot of times you know imitating the motion is is really really helpful. You know, not just the you know, not just the, the type of bug, but the way that bug reacts is, yeah. you know, pretty, you know, pretty crucial. So, which, you know, how does power bait, uh, power bait act, you know, Great. How, how, how do you swim power bait under there? Does it <laughs> unicorn shit floats? Yeah, unicorn shit. Okay. <laughs> I, I either put one piece of split shot on there <laughs> or, or I put two pieces of split shot on there or I put three pieces. Of split. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Go ahead. And that's – so we got the cast down. We got the bait down. One of the biggest problems I have – You when, said bait. Uh, you know, that's what it is. Fly fishing. <laughs> well, we were talking about unicorn turds. So. Um, what to do with everything – What do I do with you, my hands? When you get like, – Literally. Because this isn't your typical bait caster, yep. spin caster stuff, right? Right. You're generally not – reeling in a fish when you're fly fishing right off the bat right uh, yeah. I, yeah i've never made it to that part exactly <laughs> I mean, yeah just stripping him no, in. <laughs> no you're right man there's because there, i mean i know lots of folks who, who who fly fished for years and years and don't even use the reel as, if, as far as fighting the fish in yeah it, you know if, if generally and i have you know i haven't caught a ton of fly fish or fish while fly fishing but you haven't caught a ton of flying fish. Yeah. No. <laughs> Generally, if I spend too much time trying to get my slack <laughs> to where I can use the reel, right. fish is gone. Right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So the line management, I think, is the most crucial but part. But you're not of the... cool if you don't have at least three three rounds at your feet in front of you. Right? Yeah. That's... On it. Well, right. you're, you're, not, you're not cool unless you have them like, wound around the anchor and the battery and the motor. Yeah. And, and yeah. your foot, and you're stepping on another one over here. Right. And then, around yeah. the dog's nose. And then, right, the dog is stepping on the foot. Yeah. It yeah. happens all the time. Yeah. No, the, I think the line management part of the fly fishing game is the hardest part. of. I, 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 a lot of times I'll tell folks – Beginner fly fishing, I was like, guys, look, the cast is going to work itself out pretty easily. We can, we can, we can work that out in just a few minutes. But I do try and get people really comfortable when we're out there, you know, fly casting with line management because that is the trickiest part, in my opinion, of the whole ball game. Getting that line on the water once it's on the water and you're actually fishing, getting it tucked underneath your trigger finger or your two fingers. And managing that line from the reel is hard for a lot of people because, you know, fly fishing is a, a two-handed sport. So, you know, you're going to have to, if you're a right-handed person, you're going to have to use your left hand or, you know, vice versa. And it's just not a natural, like, feeling, right? So um, the line management part is definitely crucial. And usually what I'll do is spend a good, you know, five or ten minutes when we're casting out there in the line. I'll say, okay, now that the line's out there. I want you to strip line in all the way back to your leader. Now go ahead and cast all all that line right back out into the line or lawn and then strip it back in. And that gets you comfortable with that motion of taking up that slack because, you know, in a perfect world, you know, we detect the the strike, the fish eats our bug 
and runs the other way out <laughs> into the middle of the lake. Yeah. But that never happens. Mm-hmm. You know, what they have is they, they eat your bug, I detect the strike, and I set the hook, and they run at 35 miles an hour straight towards me. And I don't care who you are, but I can't reel that little reel fast enough to be able to keep up with that fish. <laughs> no. It doesn't it, – the, the mechanics aren't there. You need, like, you your, ma- your Makita on there, your little Yeah, skill. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now we're caught up to it, you know, but – um. But yeah, that's, that's the hard part, you know, is cause you're going to have to strip line to keep some tension while that fish is running and doing all this crazy stuff. And you've got all this slack at your feet and that can get, it can get into, you know, turn into a little bit of a rodeo there, you know, for, you know, yeah. the first few fish. And yeah. that's, and that like Dave, you know, when he's been gracious enough to guide me and Kyle on a, on zero fish, trip, apparently trip to <laughs> Throw line in water. His, his, yeah. his tips reflected um, it too. And, yeah. and I was lucky enough to go on a, a, a guided fishing trip on um, San Juan. The San Juan. Oh, nice. And, and that's something that I that's regularly heard when you get a bite. Strip, strip, strip. Yep. You know. So and you're like ticking your clothes off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought we were fishing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what kind of boat this is out here. But <laughs> Somebody give me a dollar. Explicit. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Unicorn shit and strippers. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, but it is all about just keeping tension on that fish. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I know, mean, especially in the looks. San Juan, I don't know what it is about the fish on the San Juan, but they know how to spit flies just straight out of their yeah. mouth. Yeah. yeah, you know, you don't keep tension on them; they just. Yeah, that's yeah. that's some fun. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's one of the coolest thing is I've done fishing was yeah. floating the San Juan for sure. And keeping, you know, that right amount of tension, too. You want to keep steady tension, but you can't over-tension them, or they'll, oh, you they'll break, break your little, you know, nothing leader off. Your, you know, your your 2X, you know, actually your your 6X tippet, you know. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. I, I have fishing glasses that have bifocals in the bottom of them because I can't tie the 6X tippet in the <laughs> elk hair caddis to save my life. Um, so... so yeah, talk talk about bringing them in uh, specifically on on like in well, it doesn't really matter on the lake in 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 the stream. It's not like throwing out a triple, you know, barbed hook out there where you can just lift them out onto the bank and right. You know, yeah. <laughs> you're typically you also... you're typically especially here in New Mexico. They have a lot of places uh, where if you're fly fishing, you're probably fishing in these places that have some sort of restriction on tackle, like a single barbless hook or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, it, it makes it a lot, a lot more difficult to actually land that fish. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, the, you know, the really fun part on, on the fly rods, the, the game of, of playing the fish, you know, cause you, um, even though they're, they're bigger, longer rods or you've got a lot more sensation, you know, you can feel a lot of things going on, with what that fish is doing on the other end of the line than what you might feel on just like a, like a, a more heavy duty type of like bait caster or spin cast rod. So, um, so the fight is, is, you know, what really brings people into the sport is, you know, when you feel that fish on the end of your line on a fly rod and it's like, Oh man, now this just became, you know, more of a game than just winching them in, you know, now I've got to use some tactics and some stuff to, you know, use a little bit of maybe I wouldn't say it's all skill, but it may be a little bit more skillful 
to play a fish on a fly rod and get them landed than what it would be like if you're just using, you know, really strong weight line and treble hooks, you know, um, the, that, you know, once you've got the hook set, you can pretty much winch them in the game's over. I was trying to remember what the heck those were. Is he? <laughs> I mean, just a wealth of fishing. I said triple hook with oh. you know. <laughs> treble. I totally Tr- heard treble hook. So <laughs> yeah, that's I, I opposite of base. Yeah. Treble. Mean, fishing guru here, you know. <laughs> but um, but no, it's it's true, you know. And when you get on um, streams, especially some of the bigger streams, and you know, you you set the hook on a fish. It's not just getting that fish in; it's the current that's also working against you. Current so, obstacles, like yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. and trees. rocks and trees, and that fish running, and you know, and he'll, you know, I've had fish on that. It's, it's almost like they know if they can get in the current, they can run. Oh yeah, and they'll get in the strongest current, and they'll run you all the way to your backing, and then they'll get on the side, and you'll you'll make some headway on them, or you'll run downstream i mean I've, he's catching bigger fish than we are <laughs> I've, you know i've i've run after fish you oh, know yeah. down you know down like on the conejos and stuff you know and you're hooking these big fish and they're they're using you know it's not like the lake where you know, yes you have to play them and especially you know the size of the fish and the size of your tackle and all of that but man you get into some of the bigger streams they start playing those streams and and the rocks and the current and all that goes on with it. And uh, it, it becomes a really, really cool game. And I think that's, yeah, a big reason why a lot of people fly fish. Yeah. And having those big nine-foot rods that are super delicate, that's the the equipment's helping to wear out the fish as well. You know, so, um, you know, a lot of times I'll, I'll tell you folks, you know, you're that, you know, the top section of your of your fly rod is your is your shock absorber. It's your spring. You know, so, you know, if I, if I feel, you know, a burst of energy coming through that fish, you know, that, that he's about to, you know, run out into the middle of the lake or whatever, I'm just going to hold that rod tip up high, keep a little tension on him and let that fish wear himself out, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and you can wear them out quicker that way. A lot of mistake people make is they'll just clamp down on that fly rod and try to pull that fish in and that's going to break. Break. Yeah. That's going to break everything. Yeah. But the but having the extra length on the rod that's another reason that fly rods are so long. You know, is that you've got a lot more a lot more spring in the tip of the fly rod. So that can help you with a hook set. That can help you with playing the fish. That can help you picking thirty feet of line up off the water. Mm-hmm. You know, just the engineering of the equipment is is a little bit different, and it, it and it's all for a reason. Really, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, you're supposed to be jumping in here. Dude, we caught the fish, man. We're we good. caught the fish. We're good. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, what What about just uh, you got the fish? You know, fly fishing. We try to always use a net just because you know it's easier on the fish and it's easier on you, right? You're not trying to lift this fish out of the water or anything like that. Um, I always encourage people to wet their hands. Yeah, maybe, maybe you can make you know, say why that's important. Oh yeah. I mean, just, uh, you know, trout are, are great fighters and they're really strong for their size, but they're pretty delicate actually, you know? So, you know, if you, the, the rule of thumb that I've always, you know, been taught and read is that if you're not going to keep the fish, you want to handle the fish the least amount as possible. Um, so I want to get them off the hook. I want to get them back in the water 
And if I'm not going to take a picture of them, I usually don't even hold them. You know, I'll try and get them in the net, take my hemostats for my pliers, pop the hook out, lower the net, let them just swim right out. You know, they, uh, you know, it's like a little piercing, you know, and they've got some cramps from, you know, from all the, you know, the muscle activity that they did, you know, fighting in. But other than that, they're not really injured. If you handle a trout too much with, with a bare hand, that's not wet. A lot of times you'll strip the slime off of them. And that slime is pretty, it's actually, they need it. It's, I mean, it's like a, you know, it's like their skin, you know, so it would be like somebody, you know, getting a really bad abrasion, you know, um, if basically it may not kill you, but it's going to open you up to infection. It's going to open up for certain types of bacteria, stuff like that to start growing on the fish. So they say, if you're going to handle a trout to take a picture or something, you know, absolutely wet your hands, you know, and try and try and get that picture real quick, get that, you know, get that trout up out of the water and then get them back into the water, get them off the hook and let them go, you know, cause you know, they're, uh, if you don't handle them, um, I mean, you can catch that fish over and over and over, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's really cool. They, they will recover, mm-hmm. but you, you can't stress them out too much, you know? So, cool. so yeah, get them in, get your picture, get them back in the water, you know, awesome. unless you're hungry don't and eat them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or if you're, <laughs> if you're keeping them, then don't worry about wetting <laughs> your hands because it's easier to hold on to. I just take it from suckers. the net yeah. and I just plop them right in the frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, they're, they're just not quite as hardy as bat. You can't lip them. You know, right, yeah, you see that all the time. Right? You, you can't, you can't kick them back in the water. You gotta. Yeah, you they know. keep them in the live well, and then they drive their boat over to the way station, yeah. and they as pull you're them rele- out as you're like, releasing yeah. them, you're having your pinky, your pinky, your pinky held up, up as you're releasing them. Pinkies as you release hey, them back into the they water. They can't see you. <laughs> just, don't, <laughs> just don't back to your home. Back to your home. Go back. You want to go home. back to your home? <laughs> Tell the unicorns I said hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um. I've. I've caught many of them on unicorn turds. They pop <laughs> off the hood right on the bank, and they flop around on the bank a little bit into the water, and you lose them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, well, it, it is funny, though, because I, I do honestly try and be, like, pretty delicate, like, you know, when, when we're releasing fish. But on the other hand, if you've ever seen them – get shot out of a stock truck (laughs) they they can handle a little bit more i think they come down that water slide at 30 miles an (laughs) hour you know you could just you know do it again (laughs) (laughs) right out of the truck well i hope one thing that i mean i hope people realize that we're not the the snobby fly fishermen (laughs) I don't think you're ever going to lose that uh, we just, moniker. Yeah. We just, we, <laughs> no, we just try to, have, out there. We have to try to have fun. It's just like trad hunters. Um, what hunters? Traditional bow hunters. Traditional bow. It's, they are the Is that a term? Fly yeah. Yeah. Trad? trad. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. They are the fly fishers of the hunting world. Yeah. yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong. I love traditional archery. absolutely love it. I don't have the time to do it uh, to um, a skill level that is required for me personally to feel comfortable going out there in the in the woods and shooting an animal with a traditional bow uh anymore so i don't do it but it's it's i love shooting traditional archery heck Mm. yeah but it is a much more i mean i don't don't know i mean to me fly fishing really isn't that though it's like you know 
really not you're, to you it's not, but to everybody else. <laughs> you're just <laughs> to, <laughs> to lots Jeez. of people. So, I'm just trying to imitate a bug. I mean, there's like, tons of bugs. I'm just trying like to imitate this. a bug. I'm just like you guys. <laughs> As I drink a Miller High Life, okay. This is not, a, you know, you don't have a. This is not some Santa Fe IPA I was or like, anything like what? that. What you don't have a craft IPA? No, it's just, it's just plain old beer. It's a champagne of beers. Peasant beer, right it's there. Peasant beer. It's a champagne. It's a champagne of beers. <laughs> Miller High Life. Um, I've really, I mean, I've really fallen in love with it. My dad fly fished a lot um, when I was a kid, but he wasn't a, he wasn't like a fly fishing purist, right? If he was fly fishing and it it wasn't working out, you know, he wasn't too proud to throw on some unicorns, you know, (laughs) well, I mean, I don't know if we had power bait back when I was a kid. He wasn't too proud to troll. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, he wasn't too proud, you know. Dave, I dig would. up some worms over there. I'm going to put a worm on here. Uh, yeah. You know, but um, I, have, I, just, I have trolled with a fly line. <laughs> you know what? Hey, it'll catch fish. It'll catch fish. <laughs> it'll catch Not that fish. I've seen yet. But. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I have. I've Do you know how hard it is to, to troll on that little lake? Dude. Just, uh, anyway. Don't, don't, don't get your pennies in a bunch. I'm, <laughs> Just, I'm just a failure. Just, just a failure. And if you do, remember, strip, 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 strip. Well, you're like, but it's cold. It's cold out here. I don't care. Strip. Oh, son of a bitch. Keep stripping. Keep stripping. I have nothing left. Oh, whoa. <laughs> I'm not even fishing anymore. <laughs> oh, that's, where, that's where you get so the I, I, I think you guys, I think maybe you guys should just go fishing with Palmer. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I, I, I do. I do want to do it more. Uh, I I enjoy it when I go. Um, I have I have not caught the bug of of making a fishing trip and 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 you know going and doing a whole fishing trip, but. I do enjoy it when I do it. Uh, typically, I enjoy uh, stream fishing more than, especially fly fishing more than than lake fishing. But um, really, the it, it's not fly fishing's fault. <laughs> I'm using big steel and borrow equipment. I don't know what I don't know what weight line I have. I have no idea what weight leader I have. I'm using some some piece of crap rod that I picked up, and I'm like, yeah, this will work. Hey, you know, it'll work. It'll work, but you know, apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, it's a, it's one of those things. It's like in the hunting world, you know, like uh, you, you know, if you can give yourself all the advantages, you know, it, it'll be yeah. it'll help. And you that's know? and that's really what it is. Um, you know, that's what that's kind of what we tell tell people is to get into it, do it, beg, steal, and borrow. But um, you know, if you, I think yeah. if you really wanna really wanna get into it. Um, budget save some money buy some equipment yeah. like you said you don't have to be rich to do it you can you can get into it pretty easy but i had never heard that you know i didn't i didn't know leaders were weighted i didn't so <laughs> i didn't know to match my rod with my leader with you know so it's it is it's quite a bit more technical but um i think i probably will enjoy it quite a bit more um but, hearing, hearing these tips and tricks and yeah it's it's funny because on our podcast, you know, we talk all the time about um, 
redefining trophy and success, right? Yeah. And it's not the taking of the animal, but the pursuit of the animal and all of that stuff. Yeah. Yet we never say that about fishing. No. You, but it's it's not. That's a it's that's not, a great analogy, it, Rodney. It is, but we, we don't go out there. If we don't catch fish, it sucked. Mm-hmm. We we tend to do that with fishing more than hunting, um, and I I I love fishing. I don't care if we catch anything. Going fishing is is awesome. I like it probably a lot more than Kyle, but um, <laughs> That's I've done I've done it a lot more. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, and I've done a lot a lot of different types of fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I I do think that we 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 tend to put the success on fishing and it, on catching fish rather than just going fishing. Right. And and I think I'm like I've finally come to because of the podcast and because of the things that we've done with Hunt It Forward, I finally I've reached the age and the mindset where I'm I'm ready to acknowledge that to say, you know what, even if I don't catch fish, I want to go fishing. I want to learn how to do this and how to do it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean that could be could be a, a success in fishing is having that perfect cast. You know, casting out there seventy freaking feet and being like, "Holy crap, look at that cast!" Even if you didn't catch it, absolutely. You know, um, but yeah, I think we tend to do that a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think it's cool too. I mean, yeah, on the lake, you know, you're looking for those big casts. On a little stream, you might be looking for accuracy, you know. So you're, <laughs> you know, so you're always trying to like, you know, hone different skills. And then, you know, to me, fly fishing a lot of times is just, you know, you learn so much about the fish, and you're trying, you know, you're trying to outsmart them. Yeah, it's not like you're trying to entice them in, you know, with the smell of a, you know, a soggy corn dog or something like that. You know, you're you're actually trying to in in, in you know, outsmart them as far as, you know, what yeah, they're with, with fly fishing, especially that's, it, it's all about the presentation, the right gear, the, all of that tied into it. You know, when you're bait fishing, you're just chunking some junk out there and no. sitting and waiting, which don't get me wrong. I love cat. No, fishing. that's fun cat too. Fishing. I mean, cat fishing with chicken. Yeah. Get some beer and, beer oh, and some yeah. corn nuts and, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm all about that too, but I, you know, I tend not to eat. Um, food when I'm catfishing because I like chicken liver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a little nicer at, on like your half-day fly fishing trip to like walk back and have your sandwich. You yeah. know, you don't have to use hand sanitizer 27 <laughs> times. Oh. You know. Yeah, that chicken liver. It. Yeah. My grandpa used to use cow hearts on catfish. It was nasty. <laughs> I used to get the buckets of chicken liver. And, and let him sit let out him in the sun for about Ooh. three or four days. Ooh. Yeah, stank. Uh-huh. You know, and you take you take but, one and you pitch it out. Not not the whole bucket, but and just you, the, the. And you never used your pinky, lemon. did you? Never used <laughs> you use your whole damn hand. You use your whole hand for that. I know this ain't no sippy cup. <laughs> yeah. well, that's. Cool. I mean, fly fishing really is not all about you know the, you know. The wine and cheese charcuterie board crowd. It's uh, uh you know, look look at Palmer and I. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what a charcuterie board is. <laughs> right? <laughs> I can't spell I know what it is, but I can't spell it. Oh, I gotcha. It. No. No, well, it's I think if you I think if you can approach it like um kinda like, you know, we do with we do with hunting. Um the reason I got into into archery is because I valued having the skills to be able to sneak in, you know, and understand my 
my prey enough to get in within that range versus baiting, baiting something in, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I think you can kind of look at if yeah. look at fly fishing in the in the in, really yeah. in the same sense, you know. Mm -hmm. You, you throw on bait out there, you throw on unicorn unicorn shit out there, <laughs> and that's you know you're baiting them in. They're coming. Shit on the podcast. <laughs> 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 shit on the podcast. That's what I was gonna hit. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that that might be the name of the podcast. Kyle said shit on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's you're they're they're coming to the smell of the bait, and mm -hmm. and uh, whereas uh, I think fly fishing is much more technical in that you're it's really kind of spot and stalking fish. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Yeah, yep. it is what it is. You know? It's definitely more. Um, you know, my dad when he was trying to get me interested in it, one of, one of the things that he would always you know equate it to, he said it's like hunting for trout. Mm. He said we're more, you know, we're more hunting for the fish that we're that we're searching for and not just throwing it out there on a hope and a prayer, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. you know, we're, and, and it is, you know, a lot of times, especially in running water, you know, you can, you can see fish holding, you can figure out, you know, what angle you need to get to, you right. know, I mean, yeah, you don't just walk right up right. to the stream. It's and like work in the boom. wind, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot that there's a lot, a lot of different tactics that you can employ that if you, you know, the stars come into alignment and you work everything out and you do your job, it can yep. be pretty magical. And, you know, you can I'm, definitely increase hey, your success. I'm sure Palmer's done this. I've done it. I've crawled for fish. Oh, yeah. There's that pinky again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, it, interestingly, it, interestingly enough, the first fish I caught on a fly rod was a bass. Nice. Huh. Yeah. Cool. So when I lived in Oklahoma... In 99, that's why I know when the first time I used a fly rod was. We were planning a trip to Arkansas um, on the White River. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. In Gaston. And we were golfing, and I hit one pretty close to the water, maybe in the water. <laughs> and I went over there to look for my ball, and I saw a bunch of perch swim off and i was like oh there's fish in the pond so i got all my golf clubs up went back to the house we lived there on the golf course dumped my golf bag off grabbed the fly rod and thought this will be great practice for for fly fishing uh -huh. go see if i can catch some perch and whipped it out there and bam a little bass hit it and then i took my fly rod Back to the house, got my bait caster out. <laughs> Went out there with some plastics. <laughs> nice. <laughs> got serious you, about this. You, you went from pinky to... To, to full on, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then I started... The, the pond back behind the house was full of five-pound black bass. Wow. And I went out there. I never, I never golfed again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um uh, it's it, this has been a fun podcast, a really fun podcast. Uh, enjoyed the information. Um, uh, I don't think we've laughed in a podcast like this since probably 2020. Um, but it's been at least five five podcasts since yeah. I've heard you guys laugh. It's been, been a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, what what kind of advice would you uh, leave just for anybody looking to get into fly fishing? 
You know, I'd say don't be intimidated by it. You know, again, it's a it's a little more involved on the front end than than maybe using conventional tackle, but it's not rocket science. You know, um, if you can take a trip, get a guide. At the very least, if you get some equipment and just you know plug in, watch some YouTube videos on how to cast and manage line. And honestly, I think one of the biggest things is if you can if you can get some equipment and and get out and spend a half hour or an hour just casting line, managing line, taking fishing completely out of the equation. I feel like it it really helps a lot of a lot of beginners because they they're not just out there swinging a hook around you know, very first thing. I may have so. to take that advice. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, I think it really helps. I would say from a more, you know, technological standpoint, um, there's there's so many uh, places out there, you know, whether it's Facebook groups or whatever, um, you know, uh, fly fish trade, sell, um, that type of thing. There's always good equipment out there that you can find. And the other cool thing that I found too is uh, if you look at, I know it sounds silly, but if you look at fly tying videos, you can kind of start to tell what kind of bugs that they're that they're tying and they're trying to mimic. And those are some of the things that I would learn as as a beginner. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the waters that I'm fishing, what time of year, what kind of bugs are happening there? Are they just in larva stage? Are they emerging? Are they when are they going to be adults? And just kind of you know um, work towards that and learn more about you know, the biology of the fish and of the bugs. And that'll, that'll help you a lot. Cool. Yeah. I like it. Yep. Thanks for joining guys. That yeah. Was, that was a very fun podcast. Thanks for having me guys. You bet. Enjoyed it. Kyle. Appreciate it. That's it. Ready? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining. Adios, Adios. everybody. Thanks for joining Not A Grande Outdoors Podcast. Come follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And don't forget about our website, www.notagrandeoutdoors.com. Adios. Adios.